0: Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of Hailing Frequencies. Oh, my name is David, and I am joined by my lovely co hosts, Mel and Carrie. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hello. This week we are going to talk about the big goodbye. Uh, this was directed by Joseph Scanlan and written by Tracy Torme. We open. Uh, the Enterprise is en route to meet with the Girata, or the invisible insect people, as I like to call them, since we never get to see them in this entire episode. Picard has been appointed, been well, I think he drew the short straw beca- from Starfleet to attempt to establish a relationship with them. However there's this uber complicated greeting in their native tongue without any errors or otherwise the meeting would fail. They hint at what happened last time. I kind of jumped to the conclusion that the Jorada just murdered everyone because they don't really say it, but in not saying it, there's that's the only real conclusion to have is that the Jorada were like, we're insulted and just destroyed the ship with everyone on it. Only,
1: they actually hint at it later in the episode. Whoever was involved in this, I like, really, Really,
0: really bad. Like they may have, it Like it was the bloody scene when it was. A- yeah, I can see that too. Deanna, Troy, and Captain apparently have been practicing this for a good long while. Troy then says the Captain should take a break and suggests trying out the new holodeck upgrades. What? Why did the holodeck need to be upgraded? It looked great the one time we've seen it up to now.
2: Riker used it too much and he broke it.
0: <laughs> There's too much cum on the walls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, God.
0: We're just going to jettison this compartment into space and replace the whole thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Replace it all. Just do it.
0: (laughs) Anyway, Picard is very excited because he's been looking forward to trying out his new Dixon Hill holodeck program. Troy, because apparently she knows everything, says the program's already ready to go and he just has to go. Picard is very impressed by the holodeck. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't understand the whole upgrade process on this and I missed it when I watched this episode so this led to me wondering the following thing. Everyone in the holodeck seems astounded by the fact that the holodeck is a thing even though we literally saw it 11 episodes ago but now it's just like oh and it's like it's their first time where they're all just like I've okay. never been here before this is never you know so it's a very weird thing for me. Yes Mel?
1: Okay so I had this same thought and I actually think it might be Picard's first on the holiday, at least in the capacity of entertainment, because he does say he does mention as he's walking the voiceover as he's walking on holiday that it's used um, for training purposes. So he's probably been on the holiday for training and kind of like maybe a setup of a Kobayashi Maru maneuver type situation where everything looks like okay, it looks like the bridge, so there's not really any different difference because I'm on the bridge every day or at that, to to go into it in an. Entertainment payment value and and to see things that you've never seen especially for time that would be mind-blowing
0: i can get that what i can't get behind is that everyone else reacts the same way even data every other person is just like this is mind-altering changing experience like i've never seen any it's just like dude you, you've all you're all on the ship all the time you cannot tell me i can buy that picard maybe hasn't hasn't used the holodeck for recreational purposes but you're telling me that this other person that goes with them and Dr. Crusher never once have used it for any reason, and Data being Data, as soon as the upgrade went into effect, he would have been in there looking at it because he's not
1: going to slander Data.
0: Not slandering Data. I'm just saying <laughs> it doesn't make sense.
1: Not when he was in steam pinched. And hats, we're not gonna slender data, okay? Just put some respect like, clearly. Face. Thank you very much.
0: Listen, he's Second rocking this, he's rocking the zoot suit,
1: rocking that suit. he's rocking that. I honestly don't think he's been on the holodeck. Either. I think so you, she probably knows about the holodeck because herself well, clearly everyone tells her about it, but I don't think she's been on it. So,
0: what we're saying is is that Riker and Crusher spend all their time on the holodeck and no one else gets a turn, no one else gets a look in. <laughs> That's what we're
1: Saying. No, I, <laughs> weirdly, I, I think that Beverly probably thinks that it's not something that she, like, she's above it. It's not something she needs to do.
0: I would go with that mm-hmm. at this point, at least the way they've written her at this point.
2: At, yeah. yeah, at this point. Well, clearly nobody spends enough of their off time, you know, doing yeah. something the on the holodeck.
1: historian fiction, dude, like, if I was dead, and my specialty was the 20th century, I'd be on the holiday working, just also, walking around, exploring mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> aspects of the 20th century just so that I can increase my knowledge. What's going on there with his mouth agape looking around like he's never seen an automobile before? It's ludicrous.
0: Well, I have several questions about Mr. Wayland as we go. That I, I have many questions about his usefulness to the crew in their travel through deep space based off of what his specialty is. But we'll get there. Uh, so Picard comes in to the holodeck. It's a perfect recreation of, you know, those normal noir private detective uh, offices there's a lady uh, miss jessica bradley in his office i do like that they comment on his starfleet uniform and they kind of make fun of him for it i'm on board with that uh she says someone's trying to kill her um and she wants to hire mr hill and card hems and haws about it then so miss bradley is you know telling dixon about what's going on Um, she takes a business card and kisses picard uh leaving lipstick which we see this Part is bullshit, by the way. When he leaves the holodeck, there's still lipstick on his mouth. Uh, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you clearly establish, you know, going forward that that's not a thing. It's yeah. the same problem I had with the first episode when, you know, Crusher walks out wet. He's like, mm- Is he, though? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Although I can get more behind that because it's like, okay, they created water. He fell in it. He's wet. This isn't like everything else disappears when you leave the holodeck. So I'm confused as to why lipstick doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. So before Picard leaves, he does take a notice of the automobiles outside. He leaves the simulation. Uh, Just as he leaves, uh, there's a knock on the door. He says that he has to step out for a while. In walks a gentleman that we find out his name later is Mr. Leech. And he's very surprised that Captain's not there anymore. Then we cut to Picard and the entire senior staff having a meeting in the observation lounge. It is supposed to be to talk about the Gerada, and instead what they're talking about is the amazingness of the holodeck and once again everyone's acting as if they've never been there.
2: No, no, no. No. Uh
0: except right. What
2: I don't understand is why Picard had to open the meeting with his experience. Everyone there looked like they were enjoying listening to him, actually having fun for once. And he was like actually super excited and they they were surprised about that. Like the captain is actually happy and, you know, not working and doing something for himself. That's what I took away from that, but I still don't know why he had to call like an all-staff meeting to be like, hey, I went to the holodeck! It was so cool! Oh yeah, by the way, we actually have business to discuss.
0: I mean, because in theory, they're like, oh, well, we want to talk about the Girada, but well, that's not true. Everybody just wants to talk about his holodeck experience, which amuses me on several levels considering how private he is throughout most of the Star Trek or the Next Generation run. At this point, uh, he invites Doctor Crusher to come with him next time, along with their 20th century historian, Mr. Whalen. I have several questions that I intimated from earlier. My first one is, why does a starship flying through deep space have a 20th century historian? What possible use is he?
1: They probably have a historian. They probably have historians that specialize in all aspects of history and culture. And they, they're primarily their primary school.
2: Mm, yeah, he could be a teacher.
0: And and I can go with you on that. It's just weird that it's intimated that that's what his, you know, specialty is and I'm just like, well what what possible use is this? Um, well,
2: you just never know if you're going to come across a derelict space pod with a 20th century person frozen no, inside. Nope.
0: No, <laughs> we're not. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And data goes and wakes him up. See,
0: know? and the bigger problems come when they're in when they're inside the simulation. Mr. Whalen, for a 20th century historian, knows fuck all. Mm-hmm. He knows, he knows nothing. Like I don't think he adds anything to this episode other than being the extra body to be shot. Yeah. I mean, you need an extra body to be shot. Why not shoot him? Doctor Crusher removes the lipstick off Picard's lips. She is jealous as fuck. Yes, she like, is. <laughs> the jealous permeates from her body <laughs>
1: <laughs> of they were she was doing in a room full of senior staff
0: inappropriate she
1: was, <laughs> days, she was about to jump <laughs> his bones in the conference room in front of an entire room of staff Excuse me, ship like, hr where's hr
0: we've talked <laughs> exactly. about this from the naked now there is no ship hr no um
2: everybody runs amok
0: i mean just look at how Riker and troy talk to each other a lot of the time where it's just like dude come on at this point they start talking about the Gerada, uh, noting the requirements. Part of Card has to perfect the greeting for a successful outcome. Data emphasizes this, starting to mention in detail the last Federation attempt 20 years ago. The Captain doesn't really like that very much, and based off of where Data started, I can see why. Data and Geordi, because we are just now seeing the start of their romance throughout this, ep- this series, uh, they discuss Dixon Hill. Jordy tells him that it's basically Sherlock Holmes, but American. That's how I look at it. It's Sherlock Holmes, but American. With more guns. Data uh, is very intrigued by this um, and then reads in 27 seconds every Dixon Hill novel that are known to ma- exist.
1: What um, I'm hearing again is more the slander. I'm
0: not slandering him. I'm merely making the comment that he's sitting there and he goes faster, faster. And you're just watching as it just, I'm not, it's not slander. It's true. It took him 27 seconds to read all those books. He's a well yeah i will slander him for this yeah. though he makes a huge assumption no, there will be and he invi- and he invites himself to go with them this is i i will call his judgment into question here you can't just invite yourself to go places especially because i'm fairly certain that the idea was that picard and crusher were going to lose waylon somewhere and they were going to pork in his office <laughs> oh god <laughs> what that picard and crusher were gonna pork in his office that's what this episode looks like it starts out as with all the Mm. sexual tension between the two of them in this episode that's where it was going you cannot tell me that i'm
1: not i'm not saying that i'm not denying it i don't need you to talk about it Mm -hmm.
0: should we have like a should we have like a 50 piece choir in the background singing when they're gonna pork
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god stop saying that I need to stop saying that. that like, never say that word again. You don't yeah. even have to talk about the And, and we're in a conversation. You need to come up with another way to describe it.
0: Okay. I have several other ways to describe it. Oh,
1: I can't wait.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah. But you're going to probably wish that you had. Next thing we see is they are all kitted out in 1940s style clothing. This is very interesting to me based off of other Star Trek episodes where people have gone back in time and they never wear the right clothes clothing uh see star trek 4 so they walk out into the middle of a very busy uh they call it san francisco street data immediately attracts attention from not being anywhere from around here picard (laughs) using his quick wits goes well yeah he's from south america what
2: Because chances are, most people have never been to South America in the right. 1940s.
0: Fair. To which a uh, nearby, the newspaper man nearby goes, yeah, he's got a nice tan, which I thought was funny. That was funny. The story has apparently moved on, even though he suspended the program, uh, in theory, after he left, because uh, Jessica Bradley has been murdered. Uh, and Torn he feels- Sorry that he couldn't do anything to stop it. Well, of course, you couldn't do anything to stop it. You weren't in the program at the time. I don't know what you yeah. were supposed to and do. Waylon,
2: like, Waylon's like, dude, just a hologram character from a
1: book. This Not is what I'm saying. Lady.
0: He's dumb. Where's the immersion? Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yes, Waylon. You don't know it's a fictional character, but you're playing a part. Yep. Shut the hell up. That's like that's the purpose of the holodeck.
0: Uh, so two police officers show up and they accuse Mr. Hill of Jessica's murder because she had his business card. We cut very rapidly to the bridge because the have sent out a long range probe and they're scanning the Enterprise, which disrupts the ship's systems, which caused the holodeck doors to open and close repeatedly. My thing with that, too... Is when the holodeck doors open and close like that. The people inside the holodeck can see it. So my question is: there must be a lot of people in this story that's going on now that are just on the street in San Francisco who freaked the fuck out because the doors just started to open and close. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening?
2: <laughs> Black magic.
0: Which burner? I that the beginning of the San Francisco witch trials. Like
1: they're right across the street or right outside the door of the police station where they all were. Here's that's the thing I don't understand. The Harada scanned them. They know they're meeting the Harada. And they know, I get it, the Enterprise would have scanned the Harada too. But why are you sending a probe that's going to cause damage to the ship that you're meeting?
0: Maybe they don't that, know that it causes damage.
1: That's what doesn't make any sense.
0: They could not know they that it causes know. damage. Then they apparently decide that they're going to communicate with the Enterprise now, specifically the captain. Uh they then are immediately offended because Riker's the only one there. And they specifically call him a subordinate, which Riker takes personally. Uh he tells LaForge to go find the captain on the holodeck. We cut to the holodeck. Uh Dr. Crusher in her uh I will give her credit, she looks good in nineteen forties attire. She tries to enter the holodeck, but there's some difficulty with the door. Here's my problem with this. She doesn't seem to question this at all. No. It seems perfectly normal that the doors of the holodeck kind of open and then kind of close and then kind of open again. Uh, So it's, it's a very weird thing. But
1: if we go back, if we go back to the fact that she's probably never actually been on the holodeck, she doesn't know that that's not weird or she doesn't know that that's weird.
2: Well, I mean, she's been through many doors that don't do that.
1: Listen, I'm... (laughs) so done with this woman i'm so done
0: season season one crushers is (laughs) a lot at this
1: point at this point she's a flaming Mm. imbecile and i'm not sure she knows how to walk through a door that's how i feel
0: so she comes out into the police station where waylon and data are data then confuses her and me and everyone else because he's now talking in a 1940s gangster accent
1: Love um, it. Love it. i love it
0: that's what the,
1: makes him data because I,
0: he's such a dork i know this isn't a criticism it just was confusing in the moment because there's no lead up to this it's just like oh i've this is what how i'm going to talk now it's like yeah. so i'm actually with, committing i'm with crusher <laughs> in the confusion at first because that's how i'd react to if i were her i'd be like what is wrong with you like
2: <laughs> again this is probably something wayland should have known about since he's the 20th century historian
0: right uh crusher lingo
2: that data was saying
0: crusher seems to be very excited by the idea of um dixon hill being on ice and is very confused why they're not all being interrogated there then becomes a very that sounds
1: like Right?
0: And then there's a very interesting situation where she's sitting in a chair next to a woman that I'm guessing is being... You
1: don't have to guess. She's a
0: hooker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which immediately makes Crusher uncomfortable with what she's wearing. So she does like the pull the clothes over her body more. Which I'd like to point out, the woman who was a hooker was not dressed that provocatively for that time period or now. Like specifically for that time period, Mm -hmm. not at all. We go to the back. Picard is being grilled by two police officers. Officers uh, Dan Bell and McNary, Um, he's having a ball. That's the only way I can really describe it. Picard looks to be having the best time. We then quickly, while that's happening, cut to outside. Uh, La Forge has arrived and has discovered that the holodeck controls don't work. (laughs) I mean, it's confusing to me that he had to to go down there to find (laughs) that out. I feel like there should be like a scan or a system notification on the bridge that would have told them that it doesn't work. But, you know, now at this point,
2: that would be logical.
0: Now, at this point, before we all go into a rage with who shows up after this, Mel, what what are your overall thoughts up to this point?
1: Overall, it's overall, it's actually rather interesting. I think it's interesting, but I like mystery like mystery novels, mystery movies as detective stuff police dramas, that kind of stuff so the Dixon Hill storyline and seeing, you know, what's going on interesting. I also love because we don't get playful Picard a lot Mm -hmm. and this is playful, relaxed Picard and I enjoy watching the way um, Patrick Stewart plays Picard when he's playful and just enjoying himself. I really, really like that scene uh, in the conference room where he's describing everything and he's like, he's like childlike describing everything he saw and how, how happy and surprised he is about it. So, so far I'm, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm waiting to see what else is going to happen. The other thing is I'm also waiting to see what these Harada people look like. Because like, that's a new alien we don't know about. That's very cool. And it's another mystery. Is Picard going to be able to uh, get out of the holodeck and tell these people, what's going on or are they going to beam over to the ship and I don't know eat Riker either way I'm in <laughs> right exactly exactly and if they
0: could eat Riker the way that the creepy episode where they ate Deanna Troy as a cake if they could do that to Riker that would be um... no
1: full on blood bla- bath I want a full on oh. blood bath full on just rip him to shreds
0: just pieces of Riker just flying all over the bridge <laughs> this is what you get for not having a beard yet <laughs> Yeah. All right. Carrie, where are you at at this point? At the, not what, what's going to happen just at this point of the story.
2: This point of the story... I like the the holidays. Those are usually always pretty fun. To see Picard as Dixon Hill for the first time, and we do see him a couple more times, this is his thing. You know it straight off the bat. This is his thing. This is what he likes to do to relax. Anything else besides, like I don't know, riding horses is his thing. And the amount of sexual tension between Crusher and Picard in this episode is so strong.
0: I mean, they tamed it down in future episodes. It would pop they up did. every now and again. But in this episode, it's just every time they're on screen together. They're yeah. just looking at each other like they're the last piece of meat in a butcher shop.
2: <laughs> you look like the last slice of pizza. I'm going to devour you. Yeah, it's it's a lot like that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to look back at that episode and see that dynamic and then see how they really play it down. But- Continue, like bring it up every once or twice every season i feel
0: up season two yeah that's only because she's not there
1: oh yeah except for season two yeah
0: and it would be weird if pulaski Santa, and him but, had um, sexual tension yeah. because that just wouldn't work
1: uh, no because she's awful Look, okay
0: <laughs> i mean we're not there yet
2: <laughs> party sexual tension with Riker's father but we'll get to that when we get to that I forgot uh that. yeah no I've, so far that's that's so gross yeah so far that's uh that was so gross Yes.
0: <laughs> Y'all listening to this, you have something to look forward to when we talk about that episode.
1: uh, We're
0: gonna talk about the grossness of it. I
1: just want everybody to know when we get into season two. No, but that's uh my ranting is just gonna I mean you think I rant now.
0: It's there's there's gonna be another level. Wait
2: for the Pulaski rants.
0: Every episode it'll be great. Mm -hmm. I'll just set up a timer and I'll just have to cut Mel off after about ten minutes every episode. Pretty Uh, much um,
1: there's only gonna be one episode that I guarantee I'm not gonna rant in because it's my favorite episode of all time in season measure two. of a but,
0: man um. <laughs> back to this story we go to the bridge uh Riker has been made aware of what's going on so he and Wesley Crusher have to leave immediately to go fix the problem I'm so excited that Wesley Crusher's on the job I'm fairly certain that he will figure out a way to solve this problem by himself in the next 10 minutes um. Wesley
1: had to show up with his doe eyes and Deanna be like he Picard's not the only one who's lost or whatever the hell she said. Was so Shouldn't stupid. this little fool Will. be in school? <laughs> Will his- he should be in school he yes, should be in he school should. he should be in school why is he on the break it's the middle of the day he should be in school
0: this is gonna be our he should know that his mom's trapped on the this holiday this because he scene.
1: should be in school he should be studying somewhere but of course the boy wonder <laughs> has to come fix everything for the stupid adults who don't know how to do anything oh here comes wesley the smartest person on the whole damn ship we should just get out of his way and let him do everything ah uh, because he's so perfect
0: and he's so smart it's <laughs> you're unaware Mel's not a huge wesley crusher fan um <laughs> or maybe, or <laughs> to maybe be fair, Wesley didn't give
1: the adults a chance he's written to solve every issue that they have he's sure. 13 14 15 whatever but he solves all of the problems that come up on the Enterprise oh my god Wesley can fix it he's positioned himself to be able to say oh I can fix it you guys are idiots for not thinking of this before I did
0: so it is established Somebody later on the this season. Is that race. is 16 it is so you're not wrong Picard while being interrogated managed is to realize that he has to go do the girada and you know welcome gets himself out of it cut to the foyer dr crusher is getting looked at by the desk sergeant like he was a starving man and she's the last packet of peanuts picard immediately is just like hey
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my and god
0: it's a lot <laughs> no you cannot deny it's a lot like there's they're looking at each other like this is gonna happen data because he has the data because he is that he exists to cock block Picard immediately appears (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's literally what happens he he, he at first is like oh we have to go back to the bridge and deal with this and she convinces him to go back to his office
2: yeah let's go back to my office Oh, oh, can we come too?
0: That's what I loved. The cock blocking continues because it's not just Data now, it's Waylon because neither of them can read a room. And they're both just like, oh, we wanna go. And you can see the look on Picard's face of just like, what are you two doing?
2: <laughs> both their face, sure. They look like little like, kids. Son of bitch.
0: Yeah. Waylon and Data look like be little our kids. Moment. <laughs> so they go they to Dixon's oh, office. Stuff. <laughs> Well, Data would probably be like, well, don't let me stop you. I'll just take notes. While Waylon is just an idiot. When they arrive, uh, Leech is waiting for them and he pulls a gun very dramatically. Meanwhile, on the other side of the holodeck, um, Wesley and LaForge are looking for the problem. Uh, Wesley, because no one else could think of this, immediately says, the problem probably started with the Gerardin probe. (laughs) Who'd have thought? (laughs) Ah. And he'd been there 10 seconds. So congratulations, Wesley, you've done it again. But he also goes, oh, but the problems would be hard hard Some to hard fix. I'm glad that he pointed out it'll be hard to fix because if they'd immediately cut to oh it's the Gerardin probe and I already know how to fix it I would have reached through the screen and throttled the child. <laughs> I'm like you haven't been here long enough to know how to fix it. At this point, Yar. But
2: he's communic- a smart kid. At
0: this point, Yar communicates from the bridge that they are in the Gerardin sector. Uh, however, Torona4 has not said anything else. So Riker's like, keep working on it. Uh, Leech is still pointing his gun at them um, and wants to know what Dixon Hill has done with an object he was hired to find. Wayland, because he knows absolutely nothing. Yes, Mel. <laughs>
1: That's the other thing. They never tell us what they're looking for. No,
0: it's like Pulp Fiction. You never actually know what's in the box. At least
1: we know what's in the box glows. We don't even know
0: if there is a box of this thing. Fair. Wayland, for the first times that they've been there, he puts on a 40s type accent, acts really tough in front of Leech. So Leech responds in a very logical way and shoots him. And I'm not kidding it's a logical way. He's a gangster. That's what they do. Wayland exactly. then flies backwards very comically. Like, he goes way further Backwards than a gun of that caliber would send his body, especially because he wasn't moving.
2: Right.
0: Right. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> he gets like- shot and he's just like <laughs> flings off oh. into the distance.
2: Didn't- I, I, like clap
0: yes there's a round of applause
2: oh my god that was so exciting yay
0: where i think the person who played leech has the best acting ever because he's looking at the three of them like they're idiots <laughs> <'Cause> they
1: are <laughs> right because so. the
0: three of them are they all think oh this he's is like- amazing and then they realize that he's actually bleeding and wayland <laughs> says the dumbest line ever he goes but but they're not real buddy you're bleeding now they so are they Quite obviously, are. (laughs) (laughs) I have good news for you. You're gonna bleed to death in the holodeck, son. (laughs) Doctor Crusher. All right,
2: Crusher. Now here's your chance. Rushes forward to tend to him. You can find.
0: The you without scanning him nothing or doing everything anything she announces to the room just looking at it that he has massive internal injuries <laughs>
2: no shit
0: <laughs> right but we also don't really like where he was shot it's like well, where was he actually shot it's down here to the side so yeah there's gonna be massive yeah. internal injuries I just think it's funny that she decides that with her level of examining him is she walked over and stared at his chest and went yep that's a gunshot wound he has massive Massive internal injuries, <laughs> uh, and if he isn't taken sick bay immediately, he will die.
2: That's pretty obvious, Leach.
0: Because none of this makes any sense to him. Comes closer. Uh, Picard punches him, uh, knocking the um, gun out of his hand. Uh, Leach runs out of the office. At this point, they try to leave. Uh, the holodeck's still not working. Um, Data tries to leave. The computer's not responding. The Enterprise has arrived now at Torona Four uh, without resolving the problem. Riker is now getting impatient. Uh, They're running out of time because the greeting has to be given. Meanwhile, Crusher is struggling to keep Waylon alive. I'm not sure how, because she seems to just be over there, like propping him up. Like he's like laying almost in her lap. So I'm, I'm confused as to what the medical thing she is doing is, but.
1: Nothing. She's doing absolutely (laughs) nothing. nothing, Okay. Because apparently in the 24th, 15th, six, whatever the hell century they're in now. When you become a doctor, they hand you a tricorder and a little thing to scan people. And they're like, have at it. We're not going to give you any other training. We're not going to teach you how to do like basic medical procedures, like do a splint or maybe patch up somebody who's bleeding or I don't know, put pressure on a large wound someone may. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to give you these things. We're not going to teach you how to do anything else. So that you're just a doctor who is absolutely useless.
0: Yeah, there's a whole lot of her turns. When you're nothing.
1: absolutely needed. And then you just sit there and come, oh my God, we have to, if we don't get him to the sick bay, he's going to die. You're the doctor. Keep him from dying. Do something.
0: I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of not effective work happening here. Picard and Data right. are desperately trying to figure out how to get
1: All picard were trying to do was get laid and neither (laughs) one of them were thinking outside the box no she was thinking oh my god now i'm really not gonna get laid because this fool is shot she wasn't thinking like a doctor (laughs) she should be fired
0: yes the quickest way to kill a mood is when one of the people in your party has been shot it's a real mood killer that at this moment the door opens leech returns with a large man and another large man who announces himself as cyrus redblock i'm going to take a moment to point out that cyrus redblock is played by an actor named lawrence tierney he is very well known from the golden age of cinema as a playing in a lot of gangster movies also he's kind of a dick uh he is uh, well like known. real life if he's yes a dick? <laughs> Yes. Oh. He is notoriously oh. was hard to work with. Um, oh. He did a guest spot on The Simpsons, and they called it the most interesting guest spot they've ever had. Like, well really? into his 70s, he was wow. getting arrested for being in bar fights. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> (laughs) Sometimes you gotta teach
0: people some some manner. So Redblock is looking around Dixon's office, uh, searching for the object. Uh, He tries to get them to remove Waylon. Picard says no. Leech punches Picard in the face with his gun. At this point, Officer McNary, who offered to share some scotch or whiskey with him, walks into the office and is surprised to find a bunch of gangsters and all of them in there. Redblock notices Data. They try again, saying he's from South America. Redblock, of course, has been to South America and goes, I don't remember anyone looking like you in South America. I'm very excited that someone called him out for their bullshit. Um,
2: I just poked hole in your fake story. Ricard
0: then decides, in the dumbest thing I've ever seen, he then decides that their best way to survive is to explain to them what's really going on. This is stupid.
2: It was stupid.
0: This did not work for me at all. So Leech and everyone are unconvinced. No kidding. Data mm. then makes the situation worse by re- revealing that none of the characters are real. I'm
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not take that very well. Leech is
0: really mad. <laughs> Red block, and I like this response, goes, All right, well, we're gonna test this. We're gonna shoot one of you. I mean, okay. I mean, you gotta test they it. He already
1: shot someone,
0: yeah. But he needs he wasn't he was yeah, he just needs to see it for himself. At this point, a much better lie comes out of Picard's mouth. He says he has the item. You should have led with that, right? <laughs> Redblock is understandably intrigued, uh, calls off Leech. Uh, card then spends a while trying to negotiate with Redblock to save Waylon's life. Waylon, for someone that they said was going to die, has been lasting a really long time with a gunshot to the chest. And
2: no pressure no
1: on the you, wound. No
0: there's no one no near him. Well, there's no one near him at this point. They're all standing up. So there's no, like, he's receiving literally zero medical treatment. No one's even looking at him, really. Riker is on the bridge trying to contact the Gerada. He receives an earful of static, is best way that I can describe it. He's hoping for better luck with the holodeck. He tells, he contacts LaForge and Wesley. Wesley, of course, says, well, the problem can be fixed, but if it's not done properly, the holo program could abort and everyone in the holodeck would vanish. Why would they vanish? They're not holodeck programs. How are the real people going to just magically disappear? That's not how a holodeck works. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, what if, okay, maybe he. what he meant was like, if they purge the system, there's going to be some kind of harmful laser activity that will melt human flesh kind
1: of thing.
0: What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to make sense out of it.
0: This is This
1: is what it this is what it is. The smartest person on the ship just came up with a conclusion and now that is what it is. That is now how the holodeck works.
0: The smartest because person Wesley on the ship said it. The smartest person on the ship came up with a conclusion that is not supported by even Star Trek science in any fashion whatsoever.
1: Yeah, but now, <laughs> literally
0: now zero. it's canon. Right. Yes. But now, now that I said exists.
1: it it's canon. Yeah. Yet
0: in future episodes mm-hmm. we have seen the holodeck have problems and get turned off and the people did not vanish. <laughs> so wesley is a liar I tell you.
2: Right. Be- that keeps getting upgraded or or, right. <laughs> or he is a
1: teenager who does not know everything so why do we keep entrusting him to do things if he is a teenager and he doesn't know everything
0: i am so excited when season two rolls around and laforge is actually written as a full character and is put in charge of engineering i'm really excited yeah. for that Happen. Riker then gives the order to proceed with the repairs. I mean, what else can he do? Meanwhile, inside the holodeck, Picard and everyone are still trying to explain to Red Block that they're not real. Why? This isn't going to get you anywhere. Leech just wants but to it shoot does. them, and he Here's specifically thing, this, wants to kill Data.
1: <laughs> this is what I think. Red Block comes off as an intelligent, thoughtful, sophisticated person. True. He's a thug. He's a gangster, but he's he. You know, he wants to be cordial. He wants to be respectful. I mean, he he's a killer, but he still wants to maintain a level of decency in his own way. I think that. Picard is thinking, if I reason with him and level with him, this man being intelligent will see reason and I will be able to convince him of what is the truth. Now, as illogical as that is, cuz it is illogical. I think that's where Picard is, is playing at. He's trying to reason with this person because this person has presented himself as a reasonable, intelligent person. That's
0: fair enough. I can get behind yeah. that. And
1: yeah. in the end, it actually
0: works. Yeah, kind of. So Leech really wants to kill Data for reasons. At this point, due to the repairs happening outside, the holodeck scenery suddenly changes to a windy, snowy alien environment. <laughs> I, Yay! <laughs> um, rightfully so. Everyone, including the gangsters, are confused and disoriented, as you would be when you're now on a mountain. <laughs> And none of them are dressed for it. Yeah. Um, nope. You
2: believe us now?
0: <laughs> suddenly, the group returns to the office. Uh, they are still a little surprised about the sudden change. At this point, the holodeck exit appears and opens, and you get the familiar sight of the corridor. I'm going to call bullshit on this as well, because as soon as that door opened, the first thing you would have seen is Jordi and Crusher on the other side. of it. Because as soon as that door opens, yeah. they're not going to be fiddling around with the... They're going to be like, oh my God. And they're going to be looking in to try and make sure that they can like prop the door open. Open if it tries to close. I maybe would have wharf there to mm-hmm. physically ho- make sure it stays open. But no, because we need to have what I think is actually a fairly interesting scene. It just doesn't make sense in the context of what they've been building up to. Uh, Picard explains to Red Block that that's his ship and that this is where they are. Um, Red Block and Leech decide to leave the holiday While well, this doesn't work either, because as soon as they crossed the threshold into the hallway, they would have just disappeared in- instantaneously. They actually get a few. But logically
1: for red block it works mm-hmm. logically for that fictional character it works for sure
0: i do like he's when... not
1: thinking i'm gonna disappear he's thinking like he literally says what he's thinking a new world to conquer a new place that we can be gangster
0: i do love that while they're disappearing he does say don't they know who i am i'm cyrus Redblock." i'm like well they do know who you are and you're still gonna vanish anyway are gonna go away. <laughs> Data then beats up the remaining thug. They then take Waylon to sickbay, who should have died long ago at this point. <laughs> Because he was yeah, shot he a while ago, so the yeah. death count for this also, episode here's is. Here's
1: the fine. other thing. Here's the other thing. In his deteriorated state, if Data had picked him up like that, he would have died. Oh, for
0: sure, mm-hmm. for sure. He uh, never made it. So yeah. he Data out. Data and Crusher and a bleeding which out. Which is wing. another.
1: Which is another way to, to show how inept the doctor is, because she should have said, "Do not move him. We'll have a team come here."
0: Yeah, get an anti-grav cart. You put him on the cart, lift him up, go. So <laughs> the lieutenant who's there um they have a very sweet conversation which it is interesting that they do it where he's concerned about that he doesn't really exist he asks Picard when you're gone will this world continue to exist will my wife and kids still be waiting for me at home Picard actually answers honestly which I kind of like and he goes I don't know I like it in the context of what the story was doing, but in the context of Picard knowing what his what he has to go do, that takes, that conversation and this whole thing takes way longer. I'm amazed that Gerada didn't just dissect the ship and try and just take every, all the parts they wanted at this point because <laughs> they've right, been there, just, right. they've just they've just been hanging out around their home world for a while. <laughs> Picard then rushes to the bridge in 1940s garb, recites the greeting precisely everyone is excited apparently diplomatic relations are now been been made and the enterprise leaves immediately what <laughs>
1: they weren't there to do the relations they were there to try to re-establish the
0: relations. i know it's they just really re- hang out it just looks really funny to be like you go through all of this like trauma and stuff and all you have to do is do this one greeting and they're like great we'll be friends now and it's like all right bye <laughs> What? That's uh, not
1: the part that sucks. That's not the. That's not the the part. Okay. It's what? the fact that we didn't get to see them fools. Yeah. The whole damn. I want to see them. The whole damn episode. S- so they've been talking about these people. They told us they're they're reptilian like or lizard like whatever. Insect like. We don't even get to see them. Insect like. We don't even get to see them on the screen.
0: So originally they were going to be seen. However, uh, budget restrictions prevented them from appearing on screen. Essentially, he. De- The writer Tormea developed them as like a hive mind culture, and he described them as wasp like. So, sentient bees who's ready to negotiate with the sentient (laughs) bees? (laughs) Welcome to the bee planet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What planet is this? It's the planet of the bees. Um, (laughs) uh, Giant six foot bees. Tarve described them as wasp like, black and yellow, with pointed insectile features and weaving black antennas. In a way.
1: Okay, maybe we. Maybe it's a good thing we
0: didn't see them. In a, I was about to say, in a way, back in this time period, I'm glad we didn't see them because I don't think that they could have the technology to make them work. You could do it now, nope. but back then.
2: This is how the bees of Earth evolved and they got their own planet. Thank
0: you so much. Um,
1: <laughs> is that where the bees are going now? Yes. Because the bees, the bees are disappearing. That's where the bees are they're going. To they're their like own. going into space. They've evolved and they're going to their <laughs> planet now. Yeah.
0: They could survive solar <laughs> yep. radiation and they're just slowly flying. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that all the scenes that take place in the 1941 holographic San Francisco were filmed on Paramount Pictures New York Street Black Lot.
1: That did look very familiar. Yep,
0: this episode was the first of many holodeck malfunction episodes.
1: I mean, with all the holodeck malfunction episodes, you never would want to go on the holodeck.
0: At one point, this was scheduled to be produced directly after 11001001, and in an early script, uh, the reason that the computer that it would broken down was due to the computer modifications of the binars that actually would have ah, made more sense it would have what instead, but yeah it so we're at the end this is a interesting episode to say the least we're going to start with mel this week mel what are your final thoughts on this and what sort of score would you give it
1: dr beverly crusher needs to be fired and thrown off the ship and she needs to take her stand. <laughs> okay this episode is it's fine it's not good it's not bad it's not ugly it's just fine it has its funny moments. i don't think there's ever really a time where it where there's real desperation because even Waylon being shot and crusher being like there's nothing i can do he's gonna die is more comedic because it's stupid like you're a doctor do do something the harada just blatantly disrespecting riker isn't really funny because, it, but, but it's great, but it's not funny because no. If any, if if any other species or or alien co- that you are meeting with is expecting and frankly requiring to meet the captain, and they're presented with his, you know, first officer who is indeed the subordinate and is called the subordinate, even though as a human he takes offense to that. They're not wrong. So even that is just like a fake tension that we don't really need. Then you have, you know, Waylon, who was basically just in the episode to get shot. You have Data, who, you know, just was there to look good in a suit. Because if Data hadn't been in the holodeck, the, the holodeck would have been fixed. Because you wouldn't have had Jordy and the stupid kid. You would have had Jordy and Data fixing it. Also, let's go back. Where the hell was the chief engineer? There are, what, are like 25 of them at this point? Because they're the chief engineers. Where are those fools? Why weren't one, why wasn't one of them helping instead of the child? The one thing that I will say that I like about, and then also Worf got nothing, Tasha got nothing. The the best thing Worf got was when that weird sound came over um, through the ship he got up and he was looking around like he saw something and he was about to like attack it like that was best we got out of war the part that i actually liked comes at the beginning and it's when Deanna is is working with Picard and he's going over and over and over everything and she says, why don't you take a break go to the holodeck. In that moment she is doing her job as the counselor. She knows he's stressed out. She knows that if he continues to sit in that room and go over this over and over and over again, he's gonna get more flustered, more stressed out, and more nervous about it. So she says go to the holodeck. It's been a Upgraded, And he's like, oh, I would like to do. And she's like, yeah, the program's already installed, which makes me think that when they were doing the install, Deanna was a part of the team that did it. And I say that because she probably uses the holodeck for therapeutic purposes. And knowing that Picard was going to be under this much stress and probably having some kind of weekly or bi-weekly meeting with him just as a regular thing because he's the captain and he's under stress all the time. She's come to to understand that he likes Dixon Hill and he likes mysteries and yada, yada, yada. And she was like, you know what? Let's put this program in. How about this program? Would you like this? They probably had a conversation and she told the team, go ahead and upload it. She's the only person on the ship who apparently is capable of doing their job, at least for this episode. I mean, and that wrong. actually makes me happy because we don't always get to see Deanna do her job as ship's counselor. She's always doing something else. Like there's no reason why Deanna Troy, the ship's counselor, is helping helping Picard with pronunciation. Isn't there a linguist? Isn't there like a like a Uhura on the ship somewhere? Where's that person? We should have had that person instead of Waylon. It would have made more sense to have somebody who was a linguist be with Picard than Waylon. So anyway, we very rarely get to see Deanna do her job. She was actually being able to do her job in this episode and I really enjoyed that. I also like the newspaper guy in the holodeck. Because he was hilarious. I give this episode a five.
0: Carrie?
2: Well, I guess I would give this episode a six. I enjoy holodeck episodes, you know, no matter if the holodeck is working or not. You know, it's always going to be like a fun time and a silly time. It didn't, you know give much it was just like an entirely separate thing that was happening and then the whole Harada thing was just like the bee plot and you know like we never get, get to see that alien species and we never get to know what's next after he does his greeting because apparently after the greeting everything's all fine and dandy I'm like cool great now what uh, do we visit your planet do you come visit ours uh, uh, are we getting like goods or something from these people, who knows? I like, I, I do agree with, with Mel about Deanna and like, you never really get to see in this first season of Next Gen, you never really get to see her do her job. You never get to see her office. Uh, you don't get to know much about her and her skill set until the next season and the next, and so on. Cause I don't know. I think Deanna is like one of my favorite female characters. And I do love when they do finally like round out her character in the rest of this series because she is very helpful. Like her job is very helpful. And she, we'll see this in like other episodes in um, this first first season, I think. And the whole like Picard and Crusher thing was like super intense and just all in your face and you knew something or you wanted something to happen, but it didn't get to happen because of all the clock blocking. And then after that, it just kind of gets dropped. And then a couple seasons seasons go, goes by and then they fire it back up but not to that level it's always very subtle not always well
0: it's mostly subtle see.
2: mostly subtle um there is one episode where it's it's Picard but it's not Picard <laughs> there's when Vas-
0: then there's when Vash shows up which I think is entertaining in and of itself
2: oh yeah that was yeah the jealousy on her face or the jealousy on her face in the episode lessons we'll get there we'll get there there. because it's it's there it's a dynamic and it it needs to be explored because they do mention that they have a past together her and jack and picard card and jack were friends thus he knows beverly and possibly knew wesley when he was born i'd they don't really mention the child, but they, they knew each other. So there's a history there and it needs to be explored. And <laughs> now that Jack is gone and she's on the ship, it's like, what do you do? Apparently he loves her and she likes him. And oh, the confusion. Oh, the sexual tension. But yeah, that's... uh. That's all I got. <laughs> That's, it's, it's not like the best episode in season one, but it's not like the worst either. So my six
0: stands. Okay. Um, one other thing I think that would have helped in doing some research on this is, so Scanlon the director and Torme wanted to film all of the Dixon Hill sequences in black and white.
2: God, that would have been cool.
0: That would have been awesome. And Rick Berman and Bob Justman were like, Yeah, we're not doing that. Oh. But Which it was so really- cool.
2: It's so cool when they do that actually in Voyager for Tom Paris's like Captain Proton or whatever the frick it was. Right. That was in black and white.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's still season one, they don't have like the wherewithal wiggle room yet to be able to really do different things um so for me this episode is as i'm gonna agree with both of you um it's fine it's fine you know there's there's a lot going on here um the Jajara secondary plot, uh, I don't care because they don't really give you a reason to. Like, yeah. they intimate what will happen if they if this doesn't go the way that they want it to, but you still aren't given enough to care. The stuff in the holodeck is actually really interesting. I really like how, you know, all the pieces work together and it's a very interesting setup because of what they're doing. The costuming is fantastic. The costuming is on point, but that's fairly regular. For these for Star Trek episodes, whenever they re, like specifically from next gen on, is like the costuming is almost always on point. Lawrence Tierney is really good as the Cyrus Redbot character. Like he, he portrays that character the way you want him to, which is like menacing, verbose, you know, big character. But he doesn't do it so much that he just like destroys everybody else in the room. He just plays it as it's written, which I think is really good. Um, you know, Patrick Stewart's fine in this episode, it's nothing great. The nope to me, the the no payoff of him and Beverly's setup that they spent a lot of season one doing, I think is one of many strings that they really just kind of left to blow in the wind with the next generation series, but it could have been interesting to follow through on it and see where it would go. But, they decided not to do that. Wesley continues to irritate me because he just isn't, he just, he just doesn't have what you need him to have to make him an interesting character. Now he becomes interesting later. Like I definitely like him more as the series goes on, but the first season is just really bad. Um, I'm going to probably, I'm going to give it a five as well. It's unoffensive. It's worth watching, you know, cause it's kind of fun, but yeah, that is the big goodbye. Tune in next week for we are going to talk about the first data-centered episode, Data Lore, where our lovely host Mel will help you, will guide you through this episode with us. And Carrie and I will provide commentary and thoughts as we go along. But until then, you can reach us on all our social media platforms at hailing underscore or at open underscore hailing. And we will see you next time. And remember to keep your hailing frequencies open. Have a great night. Bye.